0: Your ears do not deceive you. You You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview.
1: Hey everybody, this is Byron O'Neill, your host for today's episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner. I am delighted to welcome Rafer Roberts and Mike Norton to the show today to chat about their new OGN from Dark Horse Comics, The Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee. First things first. I'm I'm a native Tennessean, so I need to know if either or both of you have roots in West Tennessee. Really? Yes. Where are you? Well, I'm not there now. Um, I was born and raised in East Tennessee, a little bitty town called Oak Ridge. It's outside of
2: Knoxville. Oh yeah, that's where the deers glow.
1: <laughs> the, indeed, they do, and the frogs and yeah, yeah. We have yeah I, did, I went plants. to a wedding in Oak Ridge once. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Jackson and, and Memphis area. I lived in Nashville for a while too, but I've been all over that state. Okay. Well we used kid. to vacation up in Gatlinburg every year. We'd go up there.
1: Yep, yep. That's a good moonshine country, so it
2: is it is. Mini golf. They got plenty of
1: that. Too. Oh yeah, hillbilly golf that you play up on the hill. yeah, yeah, up on the hill and
2: I learned how to skate at over Gatlinburg. I learned how to
1: ice skate there. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. All right, so Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee. I guess my first question would be, you know, why Jackson, Mike? You kind of answered a little bit of that if you grew up Yeah, there. I
2: mean, I'm, I grew up there. Um, I, I, was, I was actually, my mother's from Tennessee. She's from Selmer, which is close to Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, uh, I was born in California, but my mom wanted to be near her family. So we packed up and moved from Beverly <laughs> uh, when I was like two years old. So Tennessee's the only home I ever knew. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Jackson in the, the hub city, home of Wink Martindale and Carl Perkins.
1: Yeah, and the, I can't remember the guy, but the co-founder of Waffle House.
2: Sure, yeah, oh. we got, I mean, we, we, got, we got the market cornered on all the redneck restaurants.
1: <laughs> Cracker Barrel.
2: Cracker Barrel, a Waffle House, and
1: I guess Piggly Wiggly, if you count that. So. Oh, yeah. Piggly so, Wiggly. Exactly. So, so, so this was one of the funniest things to me. So, you know, sometimes, you know, places and stories are just topographical. Um, you know, it's just that, that excuse to establish, you know, a rough association or set a mood. But you, as you just said, I was like in from the jump here because a burning Piggly Wiggly or Pugly wugly to keep it safe, right? Yeah. Um, So that's way more than just this cursory establishment of place. Um, Right.
2: Yeah. That's what I wanted to do in this book is uh, because, you know, it started out as a a, not serious, but a fairly straightforward autobiographical comic. And I was going to use like everything, like the way I saw it, the real names and everything. But once I got into it, I found out it was going to be – it wasn't as fun. And so when I told Rafer about it, we decided to go full-on silly with it. So we do change the name of some things, like Jackson Central Mary, where I went to high school, we changed to Martindale High School.
0: Name which I named after Wink uh, Martindale, yeah, which right. I basically found by Googling uh, uh, Jackson <laughs> celebrities. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: There's three of them, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like yeah, those two and like Van Jones or something from CNN. <laughs> I oh, wow. think he okay. went. To, he went to my high school actually. So yeah, just uh, Martindale High
0: had such a like this '50s vibe to it, like sure. A sure. or I something. I that. It just, and uh, the,
2: so it was. It was. Uh, I wanted because that when I was thinking of the story, I was like, it's those things that make the story unique to me. So I wanted to keep that and went. So uh, Pugly Wuggly was just kind of a natural thing. Actually, Eric Powell, the uh, uh, creator of the Goon is also a Tennessean. Yeah. And he gave me a t-shirt once that had uh, that mashup on it. It was the Piggly Wiggly, but it was a pug. And because he knows that I like pugs, he gave it to me, I was like, well, that's my story. <laughs> I mean that's gonna be the put piggly wiggly in there.
1: So Yeah, well, we've gone down the rabbit hole with location. Um I guess we should we should tell people what this is a little bit all about. So give me the Oso Rehearsed elevator pitch.
0: Oh good God, we forgot to rehearse this actually. The um well it's about four kids in uh Jackson Martindale High School who uh, form a band in order to uh, become popular, and after they uh, stumble on a gig of a lifetime, but instead of fame and fortune, they have to fight a bunch of pig monsters and save the town from destruction. So Is that okay. better. I did that better than last time.
1: I no, think. it was very succinct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, you grew up there. How did the two of you get this whole thing started?
2: I mean, well, I mean. It's, kind of like how I was saying, I, I wanted to do a graphic novel after, I mean, I was, we've, we've talked about pitching all kinds of comics. We worked together several times already. And uh, I was just in a place where I could do something new. And I was like, well, maybe I'll do a graphic novel. And then I got started on it and I was like, this is not fun. So I talked to Ray for who we were already talking
0: Oh, about. that was before. Okay. I thought you meant after we got together. No, no, yeah, no, uh, no.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was not fun for a totally different reason. Yeah, after you yeah. And I started working yeah. on it. Um, but yeah, I, uh, Rayford and I had already talked about working on more stuff. And I was like, well, why not just mix them together? And uh, yeah. that's how it really kind of got started. He he was just way more eager than I thought he would be <laughs> to want to work on it. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much how. I, if it, actually, if it weren't for him, I don't know if I would have ever finished it.
0: Well, for me, when you pitched it to me, it, you're you're basically pitching my own childhood back to me because <laughs> we, we've talked about it too. Is uh, we were both in bands full of nerds who couldn't play instruments in high school like th- this was um we both were into the same stuff we both had the same friends um like to the point where i've forgotten which characters are based off of my friends and which characters are based off of mike's because in a way they're all the same and neither
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh it's become this entirely new beast where uh, i basically took mike's childhood filtered it through my own and it became neither but it's like <laughs> this weird amalgamation is this deep poignant monster movie yes it's, it, it's probably like if you really took um all of uh, stand by me uh, and the emotional journey that those kids on, but instead of a dead body, they had to fight a bunch of mutant pigs at the end of those railroad tracks that come from almost out of nowhere. Then you have rock gods of Jackson, Tennessee.
1: Well, yeah, you got so that you've sounded got the, good. Yeah, It's good. I read that. Y- you got the the misfits in the band, and there's yeah. the horror layover to with the with the pigs. So, okay, do do either of you just hate Arkansas, like? Why, why giant pig?
2: <laughs> I never thought about that. Actually, that's all right for him. Yeah. Was not pig? He seemed to be real heavy on the pigs from the
0: get-go. No, yeah. <laughs> wow, we went through a couple of things. I thought, I think we started, was going to be like vampires maybe, but that just felt like it, oh, it had right. maybe been I done.
2: It, yeah, I remember. And then it was like,
0: we had like these, like all these different like lions and tigers and such. Um, We were already in the 80s, so I think
2: the idea of that kind of movie Mm -hmm. that you watched when you were a kid. Yeah. So I mean, it really was a matter. It was like having in the woods. It was like looking at the whiteboard and deciding which was going to be your bad guy.
0: Yeah, and very much in the 80s. Planted on
2: pigs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Animal testing, product testing on animals was the the big boogeyman, and. Uh, we also throw in some Satanist scare uh, yeah. in there as well. Um, it's yeah, it's basically a love letter to our childhoods, but also kind of an apology for <laughs> for them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's Very definitely true. some satanic panic. Uh, I went through that that myself. Uh, my parents were you know the anti D and D D kind of thing. So. Yeah. Were were you both just kind of a hundred percent? Let's just embrace this era and, and absolutely, go with all the just like
2: you know the, the the preacher character in this. I mean, they're everybody in this. I mean, as much as we amalgamated uh, our own backgrounds, everybody in this are people I knew. And the preacher character. I mean, I actually had this situation you're talking about where they they pretty much told me to. You know, not bring the D and D around their son anymore. <laughs> you oh, wow. know that kind of thing. Um,
0: yeah, so, which I mean, is I was, funny because I had the same friend. Yeah, and I thought I was basing them off of my friend.
2: Yeah, it, it, everything's changed, but I guess not so much. You know, we 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 changed it to to basically not getting in trouble with names. But I mean, if if people that know me from back then read this book, I'm pretty
1: sure they'd be able to pick out who's who. You know? And you're able to eviscerate the bullies of, of high school through fiction. So I wish I
2: had done point? it more, honestly. I wish we had, I wish I had been a little more direct about it in the book. But yeah, we do get a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah the, um, the pig attack, like all good horror movies, um, is like the moral judgment. Just coming to town and just wiping the sleek clean. Uh,
2: I mean, like, they do it. kill me and my family in the
0: book. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they don't see you die; you just get buried in rubble. You get trampled. Yeah, you might have lived. 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 Who drew the
2: book? Maybe I Who drew
0: the book if you fa-
1: if you died?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very valid. <laughs> well, there's there's these lovely like classic metal poster scenes uh, in the backgrounds. And I'm so grateful to you for finding space to make fun of a winger, because um, always. Uh,
2: well, here's the thing: I'm making fun, but I also, I mean, I had that poster. I, I was oh, that. No. I was that kid, man. I well, the the thing we mentioned about these kids aren't cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, and, and, I mean, aside from Marty, you know, and well, Lenny. Lenny, the character, Lenny listens to everything. But aside from Marty, these are the kids that other metal heads would make fun of. You know, these are, you know, they have the winger, they have striper, they have, uh, you know, bullet boys. They have the, the bands that nobody was really wanted to admit they were listening to back then. And I was one of them, but I, I mean, I, I love, you know, I love priest and, and, Iron Maiden, too.
1: Did you still have the dilemma like we did of would there ever be a, uh, was it a Striper and a Slayer tour, you know? Get those, <laughs> get those two groups of fans together.
2: I'm just trying to get over the fact that I found out that Dave Mustaine had a Christian metal band. I'm just blowing my mind. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I just found that out the other day.
0: Which one was that?
2: I, I, I forgot what his name. It was like Red something. He he started a band with like, because what happened was I was looking for, I was like, whatever happened to the old guitarist in Anthrax? And I looked it up and I was like, oh, he became a, a Swiss watchmaker, like went to Switzerland and became, like went through all the process and became a watchmaker. What? But, but sometime in the 90s, he started a, a Christian metal band with Dave Mustaine.
0: So this I was is like, what? While Megadeth was going on, not like pre. I mean, that era. would have been a lull
2: in everything around
0: that area, but. Whoa. Huh. Okay. We're, okay. Having seen Dave Mustaine, I would not that I would not have pegged it.
1: Nope. Nope. Well, please elaborate for me on the dilemma of choosing a band name, since clearly you both played in bands and you've been through that. So I've sat in the room when multiple people have gone through this exact conundrum which once manifested, not kidding, in the clinically tested Wicked Wicked Cow People. Um, their biggest <laughs> hit, also not kidding, um, was about a com- the comic book I, Gregory, of all things. The really? Mark Hebelman. Yeah.
2: yeah. Nice. Weird! Yeah, so these were sure. interesting. Yeah, that was interesting.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I spent 15 years in the music business. I've seen some of the craziest, stupidest shit for names ever, but Cougar James Melon Ball Fart Knuckle Sweepstakes was a new high bar. So, oh, God. Uh, and yeah. they're both sighing, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: That's more of a joke, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: That's, yeah.
0: That's just a, I was going for the 3 o'clock in the morning, a uh, bunch of teenagers just completely caffeinated out of their minds and sleep-deprived the, the complete nonsense that comes out. And that's, that's basically my default so uh, i'm trying to try to be serious it's all right there were a couple of names in there uh the chewbacca one was actually one of the band names uh that my band went by in high school uh it was that Uh, we were also we are martial law which i do a bit of a riff on in uh, rock gods the other band is the much cooler named Martial law which i Really wish was a, a good band, uh, a real band. It's good a good band name. It's a good name.
1: See, I'll never be able to escape the Eminem association with Marshall Mathers. But
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. sure. I, yeah. I mean, we, my, the band. When I was seventeen, everybody in our band was very, very serious. They didn't want to have a stupid name, <laughs> even though they're all going to be stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, so. We ended up with the dumbest name, which we literally took from the Kentucky Fried movie. Uh, Big Jim Slade was the name of our band. That's a cool name. Uh, Well, yeah, it's so cool that when I went to college, I was looking in the the flyer in Memphis, and I saw Big Jim Slade's playing. I guess there was a band from Nashville that had that name. I was like, wow, we were on to something.
1: We all think we are, and then we grow up and realize we weren't.
0: <laughs> see, then you would have had to be Big Jim Slate of Jackson, Tennessee. You actually would have had to do that because there was another Big Jim Slate out there.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you missed some some marketing opportunity here. I mean, like, surely the, the Jackson Chamber of Commerce would have been happy to partner with you.
2: Well, we'll see. I haven't, I haven't contacted anybody from the old hometown. We'll see. Maybe I'll, will uh, or maybe I'll get an audience
0: with the mayor. There you go. <laughs> get the key to the city.
2: Well, the old mayor, the old mayor's daughter uh uh rear ended me once in high school in the in her car. So I mean maybe I can like make that work
1: out for me.
0: Um, the city owes you.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. But you didn't particularly paint politicians in, in, in the best light. No, in no. Room, so no,
2: no but you up, know man.
1: I mean yeah well
2: that's yeah that's probably gonna come and get me because it's kind of hard to hide who those people are
0: yeah. if you do research <laughs> no, I don't know who they are that's your excuse I didn't know I did no research on, on this I I looked up that there's a Jackson Tennessee I, I sent you pictures
2: of these people <laughs>
0: Uh, they they can find me.
2: It is funny though. At one point, I did send him a picture of uh, the person who I physically based Doug off of, and Rafer sent me a text back and said, "That's me."
0: Yeah, there's like I thought it was a picture of me.
2: Yeah, yeah it's pretty funny.
0: Which so is you? yeah of the characters in there. Doug is probably the closest to myself back in high school, which. Um, while writing the script, that I, I had to really think about what a little jerk I was back then. I came to way too many personal epiphanies about myself. Yeah, uh, it was like the first year. It was like the first year of the pandemic, and I'm writing this uh, hardcore self therapy monster movie. Right. Script. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> the that's the reason I didn't want to do this for yeah.
2: right? because <laughs> it's like you're sitting in your basement while the world is on hold. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, what was I really like in high school? Oh, this sucks. <laughs> I should get my friend Rayford to put mutant pigs in this.
0: Yeah, to soften it up. Yeah, let's like let's let's let's, let's get to the heart of uh, who we all were, mm-hmm. but go oh, yeah. a circuitous route so it yeah. doesn't hurt as much.
1: Wow. So it was a, yeah. a COVID project. You can actually you can blame the pandemic, right?
0: I think we were going to work on something else together anyway yeah but um the pandemic allowed us to like just work on a bunch of pitches all at once like to the level of like we still have a
1: few out there that we can yeah we've just got mm-hmm. well there was some gonna, really yeah. there was some really standout moments visually for me in the book um mike i feel like you're always bringing it but i wanted to kind of give a moment to compliment both you know alan and Crank because. Yes. I love it when I'm, I, I pause reading something so I can mentally go like, fuck me, I've never seen this before. Um, and Alan created this kind of cartoon-like Scooby-Doo sort of feel to me with the coloring work. Mm-hmm. But then there are these, these moments with giant saturated, you know, rainbow glamor, right? Which, hey, it fits with the glam-bam motif. Mm-hmm. Um, they're used sparingly or it would like fry your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've been that lighting guy who's trying to create that that Technicolor experience on stage. Um, so I thought that was a really cool effect. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's supposed to, that's their, it's more of a what the kids think is going on. That's yeah. what, that's in their head. I mean, the reality is definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Alan, I've been working with Alan since, almost since I started in comics. I mean, since I definitely since I started working for, you know, the big two on things, and I just trust him implicitly. Like, he'll send me stuff and say, hey, is it okay if I do this? And I was like, you don't even have to ask me. I, I'm not going to tell you no. Every You know this way better than me, and at this point, you pick what I would pick before I pick it, you know, so... These are, these are the kind of relationships. It's like why I work with Rafer so much. It's like once you find those people, uh, not, only, not only do you enjoy working with them, but why would you risk messing anything up by not working with them? Yeah. You know? And Crank's the same way. Crank's one of my oldest and best friends, and he just – he just does it. I don't tell him what to do. I mean, yeah, uh, actually, he probably had more feedback with Rafer than me. I, I just, I, I know what he's gonna do. And I, I'm, I'm so thankful and grateful in that regard. Uh, whenever I can, that's, I mean, that's why they were all on Battle Pug, Every, any chance I get, I mean, I, I recommend those two to work on stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I especially like um, to bring up Crank's lettering on this because all of his uh, special effects lettering for the music um, <clears throat> portraying music in comics has always been ve- it's hard. Yeah, uh, it's I've seen it done poorly so many times and done well very few, um, but it was also like we can't use real songs, we can't um actually put a music in there but i think the way that Crank lettered the sound effects and connected with between that and whenever um alan hits you with like those bright splashes of color it just hits that combination it, it's it's really awesome and, and even coming back um i wrote the thing and then it like pops up on my screen and it's so much cooler than i even imagined um And and
2: Crank also is a musician, and actually, out of all of us, I mean, would be the actual musician. Like, he played in bands from a very young age up until recently, and uh, he actually called me out on a couple of things, like, just, like, it was like, uh, uh, Lenny's bass wouldn't be what you're saying it is, because you clearly have... You clearly have this kind of pickup in the in the neck position and that doesn't have that. Your fret's in the wrong place. Yeah. And and I was like,
0: uh I He texted know. me first about that one and I said, I, I don't know. And he was asking like what I had in the script. Like, I go, I, I don't even remember. Please yeah. just, just ask Mike. I don't know what he drew. Because I, I didn't know guitars. I was just gonna have to ask you what you drew anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's great. But attention to detail and he knows when to ignore me, because I, I put <laughs> does, a lot of other stuff in there. He does know
2: there. when to ignore somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah, like we've worked on enough together. Um, some of it, I think, is he knows when he does it, that I'm just going to look at it and go, I can just cut that. Because I <laughs> I have a tendency to try a lot of things that don't always work. And I, I think hopefully by now he understands that if it, if it doesn't work, I'm not... It's, it's my fault, because I didn't see it right. Um, but yeah, he, he knows to not, hopefully, knows not to not waste time <laughs> on my stupid Grant Morrison-style lettering ideas that so, don't actually work in a printed two-dimensional space.
1: So I'm guessing that the, the ADHD moments with the word bubbles uh, with Doug, where it's just sort of blurring out, that was, that was a crank thing? Oh a, yeah, no, that's a
0: that's a Rifer thing. Okay, okay. Right. That was um, me and Craig. We actually uh, went some back and forth. There were some different uh, styles we tried for that, because um, I had originally had it in the script written out just chunks blurred out in the middle of the sentence. But once you put that in the balloon, it obviously just looks like garbage. Just looks like random chunks taken out. So we um, we went the different way and the way it fades out uh, just from left to right works as well. And that was a kind of a fun thing to do is how to portray attention deficit disorder <laughs> in a comic book form. Uh, and I, and because there has to be a lot of um, synergy between the art and the writing and the lettering. Everybody has to be on board from, from the moment one, like this isn't something that, you can stick in on the comic after you're done with it Oh, well, that would be a great idea if we had a character like that everybody has to kind of know what they're doing because the word balloons and the captions have to go in the right place to pace it in the uh where compared to the art it becomes that much more critical that everything gets read in the correct order and at the right, right pacing so it was a fun fun challenge uh it was also a good way to get around some some uh, some easy cheat problems. Uh, yeah, sort yeah. of stories it's like, "Oh man, this little kid Doug, he is not paying attention at all yeah. to anything around him. Uh, this is going to get him in trouble." As it got me in trouble as a kid a lot.
1: Yeah, it was it's really well done because it, it created simultaneously. Um, it grounded the character. You knew immediately what the challenges were, but it was also cleverly sympathetic to the condition.
0: <laughs> there are a few moments I, I purposely attempted to see if I could distract the reader like once or twice in two scenes. I don't know if I succeeded. Uh, basically where Doug is talking about just some random other junk while something's going on in the background. That's purposely meant to kind of knock the reader You don't want to do it. You don't ever really want to knock the reader out of the story, but I wanted to give the reader a a moment to daydream while they're kind of following the art along to give them the sense, whether or not they have ADHD or not, that they have to, I want them to get to a part to go, oh, wait a minute, let me go back and read that. And that's the moment that I think they would understand it, Doug. I don't know if it works. I'm not going to tell anybody does. where.
2: Yeah. I mean, it kind of it helped me understand this character, too, because I didn't like Doug. <laughs> you know? No. I mean, it really does help kind of make, it definitely makes him sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, from the beginning, as somebody that, you know, had a hand in making these people, uh, not my favorite guy. Not my no. favorite character. <laughs> and he, I mean, the story is ostensibly about him. So, I mean, you kind of
0: have to... Yeah, he's it, making excuses for his bad past behavior. And trying I have to, yeah, I had to get a,
2: figure out a way to to like this guy enough to draw 180 pages. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that really helped. It, I, mean, I mean, Rafer makes you like him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was my problem too i had a, i had to be in all of these people's heads while right? like who are these kids where are they coming from like oh it was i am glad it was a graphic novel because we could figure all this out ahead of time and and it could all work and when we got to the end if something didn't quite fit if there was that uh puzzle piece that was just out of place you could just go back in the beginning and and fix it mm-hmm. and I don't know, I I just fell in love with these kids.
1: Yeah, I really... I hated all
0: the bullies. I'm glad. Most, (laughs) many, a lot of comeuppances.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, I I really enjoyed the way it was laid out. So I was curious, I guess you guys kind of answered that, you know, that it was always sort of designed to be a graphic novel. And the way, kind of give people perspective, it's set out over... You know, weekdays uh, of this this specific week, um, which was a really nice way to break them up, and it gave you the opportunity to kind of expand on each individual member in the in the band.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. Each day is a different character. Yeah. Which is something. I mean, that's all rafer. I I wouldn't. I didn't know how any of that was going to go down. And once, I mean, as and somebody drawing it, when I get these these scripts in, and, and it it was it it made it way more interesting for me to draw, <laughs> you know, um, especially when I I mean I I had this idea from a long time ago, but it wasn't this, and it's kind of a special present when you have like you get in your email, it's like. Here's, here's, here's a nice way of telling you this is how it could have been, Mike. This is, <laughs> this is how you should have done it. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good.
0: <laughs> I was just terrified the entire time that I was destroying your your dream project.
2: No, like, no, I, this wasn't. Like, oh, I mean, God, this, I hope
0: he likes it.
2: The thing I love about comic. Like I've had my my like battle pug is a is a like a me thing. It's my my pure me to the point where I don't even really write words on paper when I'm scripting it out. I just draw this. Collaboration is my favorite part of the comic. You know, it used to not be that way. When you start out, you're like, why doesn't anybody understand what I'm trying to do here? But then after you do it a while, you're just like, that's the beauty of it. I turned in something and when it was done, it was something else and it's yeah. awesome, you know, that kind of thing. I, I've been chasing that high since, you know, I start, uh, I, I realized that. I don't know who the, the anchor was that I, I got and I was like, oh, wow, they actually made it look like I know what I'm doing, that kind of thing, you know? And uh, yeah, so I, I look for that in all these projects when I'm working on stuff.
0: Well That's how I feel about when I get your pages back. You make me look like I know what I'm doing. Like, I, I, when that's I draw true. my own comics, <laughs> the, the writing's not as good when I
1: draw my own comics. It's, this is like a bro hug moment. Just, it is. You know, it is.
2: But I mean, that is the thing. That's, it it this is this the reason that. that comics are great. And I think a lot of people get lost in that, especially now whenever you look online and there's, it seems like every three months somebody's trying to, you know, uh, figure out who's more important, writers or artists. And I'm like, you don't understand. This whole thing is about those two losing themselves and becoming a different thing, you know. Um, not yeah, exactly. If you look at
0: any sort of band, you uh, uh, get the metaphor. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I don't want to compare us to the Beatles, but uh, <laughs> they all no, put out that four is... very terrible solo projects.
2: While well, they I... were
0: also the Beatles together.
2: So I actually, this, this is something that has come up with guitar teachers. I've yeah. talked to them about this because it is a very similar, the collaborative process translates. Yeah. And uh, I mean songwriting, especially. I mean song. I mean songs that we love. When the person that wrote that song, it did not sound like that. I guarantee you, it sounded like something you probably hated. But because three other people had part of it, and 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 changed it and made it into something that you love now, and that's what comics are too. You don't. If sometimes it's better that you don't. I think Star Wars is the perfect example of maybe it's a good thing that you didn't get the originally intended vision of something. You know, it was it's because of all the people that helped out that you got the thing that you love. It, it, the collaboration is important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen that synchronicity being on the the management side of it. You know, working with bands, and I've seen. There's one I can think of as an you know as a nine piece band and they had the 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 deal, right? It was like everything you could ever want. And it was just one guy who was in that I'm not gonna sell out or I'm not gonna do it this way. And they they managed to to ruin it for everybody. You know, there's there's a synchronicity to I think a lot of forms of collaboration with respect to creativity that is if you don't get that balance right, the music ain't good.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it, the the a, a world of creativity just you know, snuffed out because of somebody's you know inability to understand that one thing, to think that they're the creative engine behind something, you know, it's kind of, you know, it, yeah, just didn't get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't be a Roger Waters, you won't be a David Gilmore. We'll be all right. Well, I don't think that's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, I have to give give you a moment here, as as the creator of Battle Pug, which you just just referenced. I always want to give people, as I am a dog lover, an opportunity to like expound upon you know their love of their dogs. So here is your moment, you know.
2: Uh, I am an animal person first and foremost. I love anything with four legs. You know. Uh, But, yeah, Battle Pug is very near and dear to me. Uh, I'm working on more of it. Um, Yeah, it's just a chance for me to do whatever pops into my head. And more often than not, it's, you know, pets that I've had. Or, you know, Battle Pug was very much inspired by a dog that I had who's no longer with us now. But he uh, changed my life, you know, because I, I... all I could think about was that stupid little dog and, you know, that's all I wanted to draw. And then it kind of caught on and people, other people like, you know, those animals. And uh, I still get asked about ninja conventions and stuff. So um, I, uh, yeah, uh, dogs are the best. And if you don't like dogs, I can't trust you. There you go. <laughs> Cats too. Cats are jerks. But if you, if you don't like any kind of animal,
1: gotta question what happened to you when you were a kid <laughs> I, I gotta admit i don't understand cat people as well i just <laughs> I understand
2: I know
0: it's a different type of uh we're, we're on a different part of the spectrum no nah. yeah, you got you like abuse is what it is uh-huh exactly <laughs> I, speak cat. I came over i i i i miss floyd Your oh my cat, my cat yeah. floyd your monster cat who just adores me as yeah. well. All cats love me.
2: He, Michigan J-frogged me at the, at the, yeah. uh, at the, uh, uh, the the vet, the, pet the other day and that he, he's an awful cat. He's yeah. mean to me and my wife, but I, I, I took him there and I put the carrier on the table and I opened the door, opened the door up and he just pops his head out. He's like, Hi, everybody. And he's just super nice. Everybody's petting him. He's not being mean at all. And I told my wife, he's like, I cannot freaking believe that. So mad. And then I bring him home and he's biting on us and everything. I'm like,
1: <laughs> that's cats. They don't make He's sense. the worst. Yeah, exactly. That's cats, cats. man They, don't make, they well, don't make sense. Here's my oddball fandom question, right? And I think this is applicable to, to this. Um, so if the Marvel Universe could put together the best four member band who would it include and why so you've got a lead vocalist a drummer a lead guitar and a bass
2: so are we just picking characters we like or are these characters that have been known to have musical proficiency in it it doesn't yeah.
1: matter this is otherwise no you've got to have
2: Allison blair singing right
0: yeah rick jones got to be in there somewhere rick though. jones
2: he's known to be or he's a roadie yeah he's I mean, He's okay. definitely That's a roadie.
0: He's a he's roadie around. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to want him around at least. He's, you need him around. A, he has the multi-tool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <There laughs> he has know. the multi-tool that you need. Who um, plays drums?
2: Who plays drums?
0: Uh, Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopus That's plays drums.
2: One. But That's he's right. like, he's definitely into Prague. He's a <laughs> frog. He's a frog. Pr- He's oh like, yeah, he's
0: got Stuart Copeland. Uh, yeah, he's like all it's all on
2: time signatures and everything.
1: Yeah,
0: twenty thousand symbols of various sizes.
2: Um, so you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have Quicksilver shredding. He's gonna be your lead, and then you need like a little Scott Ian type playing rhythm. That would probably be Wolverine. I don't want to pick him because he's super popular. But he looks like Scott Ian from interest, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had Beast playing bass beast,
2: yeah, beast, yeah,
1: He's kind of like a rhythm power, like Richter he does have, yeah, sure,
2: so on bass uh, that's harder. I like the idea of Sasquatch playing. <laughs> it needs to be a big lumbering weirdo, uh. Who's the other one from Alpha Flight?
1: Pug? So you have like a little bass player.
2: A little bit. Ba- you could have Puck, yeah. Puck from yeah. it's all Alpha Flight.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so they're gonna yeah, no, be playing saying, yes. rush songs at some point.
0: Yeah, I've changed my answer. It's just Alpha Flight with Rick Jones as roadie. Yeah,
2: it's just all of Alpha Tour. Flight. It's all of Alpha Flight. <laughs> that actually that actually kind of tracks. Yeah. That work. Yeah. Talisman's like their manager.
0: Playing yeah. nothing
1: but claw two songs. Yeah, I had long shot on lead guitar just because of the looks and because like lead guitarists just are they they just are blessed. Like they I He's
2: only know. got three fingers though. You can't really do a lot. Well, you know, Tony Tony Iomi has one missing too, so mm. I mean he's based on what's his name, right? The guy from Kajagoogoo. His yeah. whole look. So yeah. I think we solved this. Wait, are there keyboards? Sure,
1: let's go with that. We need keyboards.
0: Do you have somebody, or do you just stump
1: yourself? <laughs> I have no idea for keyboards <laughs> like that. I don't know where this is going. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Dr.
2: There's Dr. plenty Doom,
1: of whoever
0: plays like these big freaking pipe organs and everything. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Doom on I Doom like the organ. idea of all the percussion is done by these super villains. <laughs> We have the most evil rhythm section in comic.
1: So you're like Mr. Sinister, just because he just looks like he could play keyboards. On maracas, a nihilist.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, just give give Galactus a triangle.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, what else you both got cooking in? I'll 2023? put that on a T-shirt.
0: Give Galactus a triangle.
1: What do we
2: have cooking? Uh, we have this. This is out in June. Um, I'm working on some more Battle Pug, but I don't know when that'll happen. Uh, we both have stuff uh, together, but I don't know when that'll happen either. So uh, yeah,
0: we have to we have to get Grumble back into print. That's uh, like next on our to-do list. I don't think we're we're, we're working on it. Yeah, I think there's maybe uh, there's some new grumble in the future. Hopefully, um, I'd like to do more of that. I've got. What do yeah, I have? I don't know what else I'm working on. I'm working on a, oh, music-wise, I got this thing with a uh, Sound of Thunder, this uh, heavy metal band. So I'm doing a comic with them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Crank's doing the lettering on that, so you know it's going to look awesome. The art's good on it, too, and the writing's OK.
1: <laughs> so where can people find you both online?
0: Oh, uh, my website is plasticfarm.com, one word. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm plasticfarm, on both of those.
2: Yeah, I'm uh, i hate IHateMike.com. And uh, D Mike Norton, no, MikeTron2000 on Instagram. Uh, forget about Twitter. I hate that place. <laughs> I think um, everybody
1: does at the moment.
2: Yeah. But Instagram is where I post most of my stuff. And uh, yeah, that's it.
1: All right. Well, my last question is, is about the hustle of being creative. It's kind of something I do every time now. Um, so kind of your piece of advice for an aspiring comics creator or a young person kind of thinking about a career in the medium i, I feel like i need to try to pull this in a more positive direction because like shit's gotten dark lately yeah <laughs> so you know Ugh. real real talk is fine and you know honesty is fine but like- no
2: this that's a good question and i feel good about it i i especially because it has been so hard lately and i've had like serious doubts in the last you know, year or so. Uh, so I would have to say is, I mean, you got to be resilient. You got to, I mean, don't let things bring you down because the, the the making of this stuff really does, at the end of the day, when you have something that you made, a body of work, That is the reason, you know, uh, it can get pretty depressing, especially if, uh, uh, you know, there's there's too many reasons why it could be depressing. But making something and, and, you know, I share a studio with four other people and watching them make things and watching them progress, you know, watching somebody get better at something. That's always inspiring, no matter how you cut it. It doesn't have to be comics. It doesn't have to be creative. Watching somebody get better at something is always inspirational. And it's kind of what's kept me going, you know, the last, you know, at least the last year, probably the last couple of years. But um, yeah, the, the finished product, working through a problem and solving it is, I mean, I think I'm addicted to it, honestly. I think the resulting thing is I, I start projects just so I can finish it, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I don't even know if that's advice. I would say stick it through just for that, you know? If, especially if you're feeling down about things like that. Um. A body of your own work when you're done is It's nothing to sneeze at, and
0: you should be proud. Yeah, that, it, holding that final thing really makes you forget how hard it was to make it. Uh, That's why people have second kids. kids. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. yeah, just keep making comics because you forget how it's like. Oh, every time you're in, it's like, oh, why did I do this to myself again? Yeah. And then you're like, get the pages in. You're like, oh, I remember. Because This is awesome. And I can't imagine doing anything else. And um, I, I would just say, just to think about like, what are you chasing? Like, uh, what is your passion? Like, are you in it for money? Are you in this for, because you want to be famous or are you doing it because you want to make comics and you can't imagine doing anything else. Um, if it's that third thing, you're probably going to, you can probably put up with a lot more uh, rejection and um, the time it takes to, to reach any sort of level of financial or fame success. Um but if you go in for those first two reasons, you're probably not gonna last because it doesn't come right away. So if you're not in it for the love of the comics at all, you're you're probably not gonna do very well. Yeah. That's that's it. You gotta love comics because they will they will beat the living crap out of you. <laughs> but they're
1: worth it at the end of the day. Well, uh, Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee. I I love the title, um, so I was in from the jump. But um, if this hasn't enticed you, uh, I think this is it's a good synopsis. Like the craziness of, of our little interview here is kind of what people can expect. It's a it's a really fun book. Kind of expect the unexpected. Um, Hopefully, I'm not failing my duty, but it's a hell of a good time, um, and you get to laugh about Kip Winger. So, like, what more? You laugh? <laughs> right? If you have it, of the you smartest
0: know. characters in the book,
2: <laughs> the Kip Winger is the smartest character in the book. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I think this is a couple of like I'm assuming you guys are at least in your 40s and stuff. I think we share at least oh, similar yeah. kind of ages here, but. You know, if you're not in your 40s and you're listening to this, do yourself a favor and go listen to 17. Okay, so we're making fun of <laughs> After ordering the book, of course, right? After you do, and you find yourself saying, this is the shittiest music I've ever heard in my life. I want you to think about and realize that, that the shit that you love right now probably won't date well either. Right? But, but you'll hit your 40s and you'll love it anyway yep
0: 17 well, is kind of cringeworthy though
1: yeah uh, <laughs>
0: when i saw
2: him at house of blues uh, he changed the lyric to 35. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah that was already like 10 years ago
1: <laughs> so i met him backstage this was probably i don't know how old's my son my son's 15 now so it's probably 17 years ago of all of all things um And he was backstage at a um, a Motley Crue show, and he was he was the nicest guy ever. This was in Colorado, and he's he's actually a super nice guy. So I feel mean poking fun of it.
2: (laughs) Uh, He's heard worse. He's heard way worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Rayford, Mike, thanks for hanging out with me on the show today. No, thank you. This has been awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been Byron O'Neill, and on behalf of all of us at Comic Book Yeti, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.